Hola. Hope everyone had a blessed 4th of July. Yay! We have a fun one today. One of your favorite people in the world. Oh, she really is. But first, a shout out to Rachel M. Texas. Her name's Texas? No, I think it's Rachel M. from Texas. Oh, got it, got it. Okay, well, anyway, Rachel from Texas says... Very thankful for the honest truth spoken by this couple from marriage to parenting and in between the encouragement and his truth is refreshing. Oh, Rachel, Apple. we yep. feel so blessed to do this and are so thankful to have extended family like you around the world. So thank you for taking time to review and please message us anytime on Instagram. Absolutely, Rachel M. Texas. Well, like I said, Come we're on. sharing a bit from one of Bree's favorite people today. Susan Heck, and she has been a real encouragement in your life, hasn't she, my love? She has. She's a woman who loves the word and gives every moment she can to serve Christ. Every time I get the opportunity to talk with her, I leave our conversations just thanking the Lord for her and many times in tears over his kindness with allowing me to learn from her. Well, I can tell you're ready. I am. Ethan, are you ready? Let's roll. Well, for those who missed it, we are doing Summer at the Sermons here, where Brie and I take a clip from a favorite sermon, play it, uh, or teaching or lecture, and then discuss it. And last week, we did Paul Washer's Recreational Dating. And we want to maintain balance for the guys and gals, so this week, we chose Susan Heck. On the Sin of Grumbling. And I was at the conference where she taught this, and it moved all of us. And literally, for the last month or so, I've seen this area of sin even more so in my life. Yeah, and I'm sure everyone will love it as much as you did, and probably be as convicted as you were. So here's Susan Heck recorded live at Mission Bible here in Orange County. This requires no setup. Um, you need to hold on through the first four or five minutes though, because the last couple minutes are absolutely convicting. So here we go. Paul writes in this epistle, do everything without murmuring. And ladies, it's important. The order of the Greek here is important because it places emphasis on everything that we as a Christian does everything. In fact, the present tense of the verb do suggests this command is to be done continually. We're to do all things, all times, without murmuring. In fact, the word all means just that, all, the totality. So Paul tells us how we do all things continually. He says, without complaining and disputing. Now, what does this mean? Well, the word complaining, your translation might say murmuring, means to complain or grumble. And the translation of the word reflects a bad tone using a low tone of voice. So you have a bad attitude and a low tone of voice. Like, are you kidding me? My plane back to Oklahoma is delayed again? This happens to us a lot. Or in California, I knew I'd, there's a reason my daughter and I were here since Tuesday spending some mother-daughter time together. And uh, we were heading down to Santa Clarita. She wanted to see a friend. I wanted to see a friend. And we each have one friend. It's great. And uh, so anyway, we were heading down there and I said, Cindy, this is why I don't want to move back to California, that traffic. So maybe it's that. You're mumbling, traffic is backed up again. Or when my children were growing up, there was a certain book they loved me to read to them all the time. Mommy, would you read this book? 
And under my breath, I'm saying, I've read this book for the zillionth time. I don't want to read this book anymore. I'm sick of this book. I, you know, or maybe you work and your employer wants you to stay late. And you're saying in your heart, again? He wants me to stay late again? Or you have to go to your in-laws for dinner again? And so, you know, or this one, this would be me when I was married. Uh, often I'm on my way to teach our ladies Bible study. And just as I was getting ready to head out the door, my husband would say, hey, honey, on your way to the church, could you take my shirts to the dry cleaners? And under my breath, I'm going, he knows I have to be there a certain time. He's going to So... See, we all do it, right? We're all sinners. We all do that. We complain under our breath. It's interesting. This word is used in Acts 6.1. It's the first usage of it. It says in those days when the numbers of the discipling, disciples were multiplying, there was a murmuring, a complaining by the Hebrews against the Hellenists because the widows were neglected in the daily menstruation. It's interesting, the first mentioning here in Acts of murmuring had to do with money. (laughs) Nothing new under the sun, right? Paul also uses the same Greek word when talking about the speech of false teachers. So this is a big red flag because ladies, I don't want the speech of a false teacher. Do you? Someone who doesn't really say what he believes in his heart. Peter says, or Paul says in this, or excuse me, Paul says in Jude 16, or Jude says in Jude 16, these are grumblers, complainers, walking according to their own lust, and their mouth speak great swelling words, flattering people to gain advantage. That's what false teachers do. They speak great swelling words, hoping to gain an audience. They also grumble. They complain. Now, The meaning of the word here, murmuring, complaining, refers back to a story. Remember, Paul is writing to the church at Philippi. He's in prison. This is one of the prison epistles. And so he's writing to the church there at Philippi. This is a church that he dearly loved. They loved him. And so most of the people sitting there listening to this letter be read at the synagogue from Paul in prison, most of them, especially if they were 12 years or older, uh, they would have the first five books of Moses memorized, as most Jewish boys memorized the first five books of Moses by the time they were 12 years of age. And so they would, when he says, you know, do all things without murmuring and complaining, their minds would think back to what? The, the Israelites, remember how many times they murmured and complained? They didn't like the manna, and so they murmured and complained, and what did God say? Okay, I'll give you some meat. And then so, so much so, it started coming out their noses. I mean, that sounds really gross, doesn't it? And so, I mean, they were murmuring and complaining about everything. And so even Miriam and Aaron, remember they complained about Moses because he married an Ethiopian uh, woman. And so they, they were mum- murmurers. And so they would be very familiar here with what he's talking about. And I want to look back, not at that story, but I want us to look at the Pauline uh, rehearsal of that in 1 Corinthians chapter 10. So if you would turn back to 1 Corinthians chapter 10 where Paul is warning the church at Corinth about this dangerous sin of murmuring and complaining. Notice what he writes. Moreover, brethren, I don't want you to be unaware that all our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the sea. All were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. All ate the same spiritual food. All drank the same spiritual drink, for they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. 
But with most of them, God was not well pleased for their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. Now these things became our examples to the intent that we should not lust after evil things as they lusted and do not become idolaters as were some of them. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. Neither let us commit sexual immorality as some of them did and in one day 23,000 fell. Neither let us tempt Christ as some of them tempted and were destroyed by serpents. Now look at verse 10 nor complain. As some of them complained and were destroyed by the destroyer. Now all these things happened to them as examples and they were written for admonition on whom the end of the ages have come. Therefore, let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. No temptation has taken you, but such is common to man. God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted above that which you are able, but will with the temptation make a way to escape. And then he says, therefore, my beloved, flee idolatry, flee it. You know what Paul is telling the church at Corinth here? All the Israelites had the same privilege. They all got to pass through the Red Sea. They all ate that same spiritual food. They drank of the rock, which was Christ. And yet it wasn't enough. Christ was not enough for them. So they murmured, they complained, they lusted after things that were not theirs. And Paul says, God was not well pleased with them. Ladies, we have so many advantages. Even though the United States of America is going down the tubes pretty quickly, we still live in a country where we can do this. Do you know how many places in third world countries women women could not gather together and study the Bible without fear of being killed. Uh, A girl in India, I read about that uh, she became a Christian. Her husband dropped her off at her parents' house for dinner and her parents poisoned her food and killed her because of just becoming a Christian. We have so many advantages. We have the word of God. We can listen and drink from the rock that the Israelites did. But for many of us, it's not enough. Christ is not enough. All right. Well, I am going to go on record here, my love, and I am a card-carrying complementarian. Let it be known, all right? Susan is one of my favorite, I believe, communicators to listen to because it's just clear that she sat under a great pastor all those years and that Mm. she puts a ton of time into her study because her ability to move from clear explanation to proof and to application is sterling. I know I've already told you that before. And I'm sure she'd be blessed to hear that. But that that was an absolutely power packed seven minutes. So you go ahead and go first. Yeah, I've got a few notes here. I'll start with her emphasis, actually Paul's emphasis on doing all all things without murmuring or complaining. And that's something that hooks me because that includes things big or small, meaning there should be a comprehensive gratefulness in every situation, good or bad. And can I jump uh, in right there? It was, it was hilarious how she highlighted gone goose moss, Mm. you know, the, the murmuring, which is an automatopoetic word gone goose moss. It's like (laughs) you're And she went through those examples under her breath, you know, that book again, or I don't, he doesn't know that I'm late, you know, not that I'd ever do anything like that. Oh no, no, never. I, I don't ever. And that links to the second thing which caught me was when she connected this lifestyle to that of the false teachers Mm. and said, it's a real red flag when our behavior is similar to false teachers. That convicts me deeply because I always want to be a positive reflection of my Savior's love sacrifice, which he lived never once complaining. Amen. All right. What about you? 
being that we just worked through 1 Corinthians 10, I was brought back there again, just a reminder of how much God dislikes grumbling to the point that he'll chastise um, and that it led to death for Israel. Mm -hmm. And it's right there next to idolatry and sexual perversion. And it makes sense because at its core, it's saying, I don't trust you, Father, and I'm not happy with your care, Father. And any parent knows how they feel when their kids do that to them. So true. I think the other thing that hit me right there at the end was the statement. She said, you're saying Christ isn't enough. And that got me thinking, it's not just that I'm complaining about my earthly situation when I complain, I'm also signaling dissatisfaction with my eternal condition. Mm. And Paul showcased the opposite. You remember when he was grounded and whipped and opposed and shipwrecked and bitten and kicked and stoned and cold and lost and hungry, all that. In prison, he remained content because he said, I have Christ and Christ is enough for me. That's exactly where Susan goes later (laughs) in the teaching. Yeah, well, it makes sense. I guess that would be my hope for anyone listening too who struggles with grumbling or complaining. Jump online, type in Susan. Heck at Mission Bible. Give those two messages a listen because a grumbling heart is a big deal to our Lord. And if you're realizing grumbling is an issue for you, please know you're not alone. Mm -hmm. We all fight this fight and there are answers. In Christ, there's an escape hatch. He truly, truly is enough. Yeah. Paul goes on in Philippians 4 and he says, I know how to get along with little. I also know how to live with a lot. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of being filled and going hungry, both of having a lot and then suffering need. And then he says what that secret is. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. It's all Christ all the time. Amen. Well, let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we heard today and as we've talked about, we are all prone to wander, sometimes into those big overt external sins, but other times just into private complaint and distrust. But you see everything. So help us to order our thoughts and our affections around your goodness, to truly trust that both in the easy things and the hard, you have a perfect plan and we're carried along by a perfect Savior. I ask you to help our entire Date Night family to hold on to this truth. In Jesus' name, amen. Date Night fam, thanks for being part of our extended family. Please leave us a review like Rachel did, and please message anytime. A big thanks to Ethan, our producer, and everyone at Mission Bible. Until next time, keep living for the gospel and fighting for the family.